Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Awesome. We are so excited to have you all back. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment. This week we have Jim Parkin. Our guest this week is Jen Strigalek, and my name is Ashley Chandler. Welcome back. First episode of 2020. I didn't think about it like that. That's awesome. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you. Welcome. So this has been, this talk today, we're just going to talk about mom's perspective of a a first responder career. Um, I've been wanting to do this for a while, a long time since we've been doing this this podcast, because kind of it's important. You know, for me, my mom, when I was, so I went in the military in 1990 and Desert Shield was happening and Desert Storm was like ramped up while just a few weeks into my basic training. And at that time, what they would do is you'd start and then there'd be like a four day furlough or some, something like that for Christmas. So it was October and we're coming close to that. Then Desert Storm started. I remember they all gathered us on the drill pad and this um, real country sounding senior drill sergeant told us, I'll go tell your mammy that you ain't coming home because we going to war. So I thought, all right. So they gave us all this time to call. I called my mom, and she's like, well, okay. I'm like, nothing. I was like, no tears? No. But, <laughs> but it was just, so that's kind of been, she's always, I don't think there's a fear. Or, you know, I know she's concerned with my not always making informed decisions, habits. Sometimes she knows where I work. She knows the part of town where I go. Same with Carrie, really. No real, no real concern. But with this topic, in a lot of ways, I'm to blame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it all starts with a, you know, a little meeting in the front of the sanctuary. This, this young kid asking about a ride-along. You know, mom and dad saying, hey, would you mind if our kid came on a ride-along on the ambulance? And you can, sure. It'll be fun. <laughs> no big thing. And, you know, how many years is it? Mm, about six or seven. Seven? Yeah. yeah. But I think it's important, you know, like you said with your mom, it was a long time coming. And I think for parents that have raised strong-willed kids or kids that have been very... Adventurous. Adventurous <laughs> and willing to run out the gate before they really check their bearings in some ways. I mean... Right. Um, I think that I'm sure Jen, you can speak to this too, that you saw it a lot, you saw it coming too, you know, like as far as her spirit. So maybe what she has chosen as a career maybe surprised you, but maybe her ability to do it and go for it maybe didn't surprise you. Like, I, I don't know. So I think there's some regard to that where, I mean, I only know six years of it, like this little smidgen right. of, you know, I've had to get to a point mentally with my son just him being a six-year-old of like I have to worry about certain things and then other things I have to just let go because I can't I can't control it all yep but this is yeah like you're saying this is a completely different ball game yeah so honestly when we asked you to take her for a ride along this is not what we thought would happen because when I was her age I at that time I wanted to be a nurse and my parents were very wise and said well you need to be a candy striper first and I was a candy striper 
and did it for a month and knew that I could not be a nurse. So I really thought she'll go on an ambulance and she'll see that she can't do this or this isn't for her. And um, it was a complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that was wise of you, though, to give her that shot to see it. I mean, I've heard of students that have gone through how many years of medical, stood in the operating room, <laughs> seen yep. a, a real person start to get cut open for surgery, and they pass out. Like, they can't do it, and they just right. invested all these years of money into this thing. So, I, th- I mean, that's a wise thing as a parent. Absolutely. In our place, in healthcare that happens frequently when people will do EMT straight to paramedic get on the road first time they see have someone die or see someone dead like you can't do this take me back yeah and it's so the option of the ride along we were talking Jen and I were talking off air before we started there was our owners now really appreciate the idea that I'm having people come check it out first instead of you know that's a big deal that's a lot of time invested to not really be able to do it at the end right. of the day. Right. So, but she knew, man. Like, first call was the most vile, belligerent, like, intoxicated dude ever. And she sat there on the, the bench seat with a big smile on her face, all about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> and she's in. <laughs> and really, she's never, I don't think there's been doubts I mean, we all had, like, I had doubts going through training because I'm not good at, you know, with the reading so much and, and the book work was a struggle. Mm-hmm. But, that, but the so, application. The application, you know, yeah. there's certain ones of us that always could just play, so to speak, when it comes to doing, you know. Yeah. But for you, though, now, now fast forward and we're, you've done EMT and paramedic and these other things, and now we're going to be doing law enforcement. So how's that? From from your from mom's perspective, looking in that, looking past the academy, because the academy is just like they're there for her to succeed. It's not like it's not like going through like boot camp or something. They're there and they're going to make sure she gets through. But it's a strange strange climate out there. When she, all these years, she's talked about, even as an EMT, she really liked what the county medics did. And so she said, someday I want to do that. And I can't believe her at that point where she's doing that because it's it's been so many years that she's talked about it. She's had people that were um, surprised that she wanted to do it or not really encouraging, but she had good people that she worked with, that she trained with, and she loved, she has loved it. So I never really thought about, I knew that, I knew why they have that program. I knew that she would be a police officer, but it was always to be a county medic. Well, then through this journey, she's worked in the jail as a corrections officer, and she loved it, and I never, ever thought she would like that. She is really, really excited about the law enforcement part. So we're learning more, but all these years, I've never really thought of it as law enforcement. I thought about the paramedic side. So... It's just different. It's just right. different. But she's worked so hard for this. And she is, I mean, that first day she came back with you, she was so excited. And my grandma once told me, I think it was when Sarah wanted to go to Africa, she said um, people were, in our family, even people were criticizing us for letting her go. And it was dangerous where she was going. And my grandma said, I would rather have my kids across the world in the most dangerous place, in the center of God's will, 
and by my side and out of God's will. Right. And that's how it's always been for Sarah. You know, she just, I want her to do what, you know, she's special. God just designed her so uniquely. All of our kids, you know, are so unique. But she was made to do this. And it's been a struggle. She had, you know, she's got a visual processing delay. So school's never been easy for right. her. All those tests were never easy. But she's had, does people believe in her and push her? And she's never given up. Sidebar, in this whole connection with this family, I never knew I have that same thing, that visual processing. I didn't delay. know that. I didn't either. Found out that why it takes me so long to read a page and stuff like that. Learned that at like 46 years old. Because <laughs> Sarah was explaining what she had. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like Mom. <laughs> a little late now. But hey, that's, that's impressive. But yeah, it's a struggle. It's a struggle to do those things. But yeah, she was. it was very clear that she was... She was spun for this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting gig because there's a lot of people that aren't, but just do it. Just, like, Which I can't understand. I'm like, there's so um, many other yeah. jobs that you could just do to get yeah. a paycheck. Yeah. I'm like, go be an accountant and just do that and not deal with half the stress. Not so much now, but, but when like, I first started, they were the shifts were 24-hour shifts. And we were just making piles of overtime because it was 72 hours a week. So they had three 24s. And that was guaranteed 32 hours of overtime every week. Wow. And so, you know, I, I came into it at 34. So the mindset was like, holy smokes, man. I can work three shifts plus two other days. I still have two days off. I just be bankrolling. And then turns out it was way harder to do 24 hours. And it was, you know. But, you know, so it's. It stands to reason that people could come into the job. Well, this okay. this will be easy. This will be easy money, you know. But it's there's so much more to it. Yeah, dealing with people is never easy. No. And then the the ups and downs of people, right. you know, is never easy. So. And it's you know there's so much there's like it is a family business really when you think about it because there's there is you know husbands and wives and kids and moms and dads and you know grandmas and grandpas and stuff like that that. That are all, you know, we live, this is Flint, Michigan, we're talking about. And she loved Flint, especially the north of the Flint. So it might be my fault. Just probably your fault. <laughs> I never took her there. You did. I did. Well, I heard pastors say something the other day. Well, I think it was last, this past week in, um, in service. Said, you know, we have a generation where, you know, what they're seeing in, on screen, and whether it's a show or a video game, isn't enough. You know, and really at the heart of it, we all have that desire to make a difference and and to do and be something that means something. I I see somebody like Sarah that can do something tangible, that can work hard and actually do something. This young generation coming up and saying, no, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go do something. And it doesn't matter if it's hard or crazy or different. Like it it matters, you know, like the people that live in Flint matter. You know, just like it would be wherever else, you know. And so I just, I see a lot of young people that just have this passion to go do something important and um, to fully own whatever that means for them in their life. Right. And I think that's pretty incredible. It is. There's a, I can't remember exactly if this is before the ride along or after the ride along, but I was, in my time as an encounter leader, we had, we were doing one of the community outreach nights where 
they would the leaders would make a team and they would go some people would go like to Myers or to Walmart I guess and, and, and some people would go to the, the grocery store the BGs or whatever and stuff like that and I had my team and I'm like well we were saying where we're going I'm like well we're going to this place it's called uh, Max Brandon Park in Flint I said I pulled more bodies there's been more crime more drugs sold more murders in that like four square blocks or whatever I think we're just going to go pray over it and so many kids Sarah of course but I'm going with him but so many of those kids came yeah. you know and we got there right and there's a street light on the corner I'm like well we can stand here and we'll circle up and pray and they were all like nope and took off marching into the darkness I'm like, oh, this is an incredible generation <laughs> that people say millennials this or that yeah you know which is that that has always been interesting to me because every one of them I know is either well I they're mean I guess passionate. it's right they're and it stands passionate. to where I where I work obviously but all the all of that generation I know is either is now or has been in the military they're all serving their community in some way shape or form or they're working in this building where we are right now you know all night long sometimes yeah and she had, you know, this five-year plan, and it was did not include getting married when she was 20 and in, in the midst of all this, and then having a baby, you know, a year later. And um, that even hasn't rocked her. But God gave her the perfect husband for her. Right. He yep. just goes to the flow. He handles her craziness. He, he just is just even, and he just picks up the slack and supports her through all this and she can be a mom and she can be a wife and do this job that's cool that's important yeah and my opinion and it's strange that she listens to it some of the time because i know that i've said things she didn't want to hear but if there was ever a shadow of a doubt it's just not a job you can do but she's in that that's that's what she's wired to do you know there's a lot of people there's a young lady that's on a fire department I'm a single mom and I told her the same thing there's a second where you hesitate it's just, it's just not you have to think of every every you have to be you know for Sarah and I and for us at this table it's, it's different right because we have that we have that grace over us we live under that covering of where it's easy to say well I can you know go home to my family or I can go home to my father either way I can with a full heart and clear mind do whatever I have to do today and there's a lot of people that just aren't there you know so to have that kind of support and to have I know it's it's got to be hard I would not like I think of my own kids like is any one of them going to do this job now Griff says he will he also eats ghost peppers also if I eat that and then immediately regrets his decision you know but you know I would it's weird for me to hear, have people say no I wouldn't want my kid ever to do this and for me it's always been like man that'd be amazing if they follow behind that'd be pretty cool if they don't that'd be cool too but there's not anyone I mean I have cousins that are in law enforcement but there's we are not medical people we are not law enforcement people. Like any, you know, pastors and educators. That's our family. So she's 
she's rare. You know, she's different. And I yeah, did not want her. I didn't true. want her to do this job. I didn't. I knew a lady like years ago that was a corrections officer, and I was just horrified. I thought that is like the worst job in the world to say that you have. Like, why would you want to be a woman and say you are a corrections officer? And um, she always looked so manly to me, and I thought, why would you want to do that job? <laughs> and Sarah is a corrections officer, and she said, if I don't get in, into academy, I'm okay to stay here. I know that God used me here. I know I'm supposed to be here. And he did some pretty cool things while she was there. Yeah. So because she called us to help people a lot, you know, people that she met there, you know, but then she got into academy. And so I don't know what's going to happen with her. I, I don't know what's going to happen with her. I wonder sometimes Bob would just say, do you think she'll do this forever? I said, I don't know. I I don't know. That's a cool thing. You never know. And I do know, I was talking to our other daughter the other day. One thing I know about both of my girls is if the Lord really like, if they just had that twinge, this is not right, whatever it was, whatever they were involved in or how invested they were in something, they would quit it. They would end it. Be in a relationship or a career, whatever it was, if they knew that they were out of God's will, they would quit. That's cool. What does your journey as a motherhood look like, look like over the last few years seeing her? What has God shown you through this time? To trust him. Just like seriously, there is absolutely nothing you can do about it when your kid's on the, you know, in North on the Flint, you don't know what's happening. I used to listen to things like, um, <laughs> you know, on Facebook, they have those oh, scanner yeah. things. You can, I just can't listen to anything anymore or read any stories. I just, I can't. So she does not tell us a lot. Like she tells us very, very little from day one. Um, Smart play. Yeah, she did. I think you probably told her that too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. But she doesn't tell us a lot. Um, we were having a conversation the other day. I was telling her something that happened that I encountered, and I, I just said, I just I just can't even believe, like, what people do to children. And she was like, oh, yeah. And she just, like, went off on this little, like, very casually told me, not even, she wasn't t- trying to tell me. I think she assumed that I knew what she was telling me. I did not know what she was talking about. I was like, you meet people that did that to their children? And she said, yeah, I do. You know, I have. Or I've seen this, or I've, you know, held a dead baby. Every time she tells me these things, I'm horrified, and she's like, "That happened." And I know of one time that she had to take a little break from work. I think that was when she worked with you, but she had to take a couple of days off because something happened. And to this day, I don't know what happened, but she was told to take a couple of days off for something that she saw. And she'll just casually say something, or you know, in re- reference something when she's telling us a different story. And I just think, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that she saw that or she witnessed that or was there. You can't unsee those things. And yeah, I'm you. so, again, just I'm visually sensitive, uh, you know, smells, sights, everything. I'm just very sensitive. And I would just, if I knew that my baby was seeing that, it would just about kill me. Yeah. So she, you know, she's moody. And so sometimes she comes home and no. she'd be in a grouchy mood or something and now I, I realize, like, after she was married, like, Lord knows what she saw that day, why she came home and just had to be quiet and be by herself. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a big, a big part of what we do with the ministry is I want to help people to have that, that way, that mechanism, because that's been really the hardest thing. The hardest thing that I've had to deal with, especially being in the church and working, is, is to have, like, last call a day be something completely horrific and have to slide on in. Even if it's just dinner with the family, or in one case, it was life group, we were hosting a life group, and I'm like, man, how am I supposed to flip the switch that quick? 
It's incredible, though, as this church body is to have so many people that I don't know if part of it's having this ministry, having TLEB within the church and people are watching more closely, but over the last probably year and a half and just not being able to get away with it, where I used to be, I could just not say, just be a little bit quiet, and now, now I can't get away with it so much. Uh, good and bad. <laughs> you know, I, I think well, that yeah. there's always an aware, awareness that comes, and I think that for those of us that don't serve in first response, it's given us that reminder, hey, hey, you know, be mindful of your friend that may or may not have had a big day, and they'll talk to you about it if they want to, but at least be a little bit understanding. And in that regard, that's for everybody. You know, yeah. you don't know what type of day anybody's coming off right. of. If there's a family issue, if, you know, folks that have just recently lost loved ones, and we right. go back to normal a couple months later and then aren't mindful that they're still grieving and it's going to be yeah. a long while before they feel any sort of normal, you know, right. again. I definitely feel like we've become a community that's a lot more well it's cool aware. I mean, there's a lot of aspects that are cool we had a crew that got in an accident it's probably been a couple months I had no idea was this right to me I got off excuse me got off work on a Saturday night came home I think it was a Saturday at least and about quarter to six Jen texted me asked if I was okay and I'm like yeah fine at home why <laughs> I'm like I didn't even know your text was the first I was hearing that one of my Newer crews got got in an accident, but you know my point is, I guess it's cool that people are looking out, yeah, and they know I'm out there and stuff like that. People, I think or people now know stuff. more to pray for right. our first responders more specifically. A lot of people have told me that. I know a couple. Well, now since doing lighthouse experiment, you know when I would see folks over in the ditch and stuff, I'm always praying for the mm-hmm. people in the cars, mm-hmm. but I was never really thinking about the paramedics or the, you know, whatever coming to assist them. I'm just thinking that's the job. It's going to like, in my brain, it's just into process now. And I'm focused on the folks that were in the accident. And so now my prayers have changed for the real people (laughs) that are attending to those folks, you know, and and the whole like scheme of what that looks like for them. So that's been really, really cool. And I think for the community that's growing within the lighthouse, um, for folks to be able to come, I think a big thing for them is they might be folks that, you know, like, like Sarah, that doesn't need to come home and say all those things, right. but just needs to know that she's not alone and that right. there is a community that gets it. Sometimes just having those friends that you can look at and they just know, and you don't have to spill it all out, but you just know you're with people that understand. I yeah, think it's a big absolutely. deal. Um, so that's one of the big things that we're providing with, right. with within this community. And a big part of that, too, is that for you guys now, it's, you know, for Sanders' parents, I said that we're there for you guys, too. This is a yeah. community of families that have, you know, I have a buddy who we work with that was just on a regular deployment. Like, his reserve unit just came up their time to be in Iraq when those missile strikes or whatever went off from Iran. So his base just got obliterated, and then he hit us a lot of us up the next day. He's like, "Just so you know, worst night of my life, but I'm okay. We're all okay." Cool. But that's yeah, why we've had parents. We've you know had I mean? parents reach out to us on multiple occasions. Um, hey, my daughter just went through this. 
hey, you know, like I've had their permission for you to reach out to them. Like they don't have anybody. They live in this state, you know. So just even to shoot a voicemail over or a message, you know, just even through social media for yeah. them to to hear what's going on here and know that there's there is community around them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we've had lots of parents reach out, you know, because they know that they're limited so far to be able to provide that type of understanding to their kids, you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and it, it's hard. Anybody going through any hard thing, there's only so much you can do for them, you know, right. and it sucks to feel like, oh, I'm praying for you when you really want to provide something tangible to them, you know, when they are going through something difficult, you know. Well, that's a huge thing that I've discovered is that you have church. You know, Sarah has church. You have this community of people that love you, that, mm-hmm. you know, they love your family. You guys have community. And um, some people leave their job and they don't have that community. Right. The community is huge. I I cannot believe, I was talking to you earlier about just the, the, the way everybody supports each other. I mean, Sarah has been, all along the way, there's been certain people who have mentored her, taken her under their wing, mm-hmm. and would do anything for her or you know to save her mm-hmm. protect her oh, yeah. and I love that but on the other hand there's people that don't have that they don't have the same values that are in law enforcement oh, and yeah. I from day one I've worried about you know she's cute and she's little and she was single and um, I worry about the infidelity and things you hear because friends I had when I was right. you know, a young adult that you know marriages that were being broken up because someone got together with their partner and things like that. Oh, yeah. I've always, that always, always prayed because you know I know that's a very stressful job, but that's I mean I pray for any of my kids you know for their marriages that way, but especially for hers I pray for Scott you know that he has to rise up and be a leader. Oh, yeah. He has to, he has to be her spiritual leader because I know sometimes she doesn't want to come to church. You know she's tired or yeah. in this job you've got. The shifts where you don't come to church and it just gets easier to skip, and um, but this is home. You know, this is she's got people, and oh, yeah. every once in a while, someone will text her and say, "Where have you been?" Or they'll ask us, "Where where is she? What's going on?" But she's not. She can't escape. Oh yeah. So I'm very thankful for that community, but I do. It, it's a scary profession that way. It is because that's a big. That was a lot of the heart behind doing PLE as well because it is a strong community strong like all of the services all the different disciplines together however sometimes it can be strong in its brokenness if that makes sense yeah you know we have people that that's their coping mechanism you know there's drinking porn addiction all these other things that come along with it that seem normal and it seems to be just this the thought of hey it's just how we do that's how we cope when we you know and it's easy to get caught up. It's easy for people to get caught into that scenario. So it's it's important to have this other option. And yeah, she, I know, I know that she's had times when I've had times when I haven't wanted to walk in these doors. I've had bad weeks from these people. You know, honestly, I'm gonna be transparent here. Freedom Center Church. I've had I've had days where I'm like, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know. They just don't. Things all perfect in this auditorium, and they just don't know, you know. And then I'll get about two songs in the worship, and then feel like a big dummy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. It was me who didn't know, y'all. <laughs> it was just me. But it's it is in that aspect. 
I think a lot of a lot of folks, a lot of us, us people on the outside, just have to be willing to not take offense to things too easily, to just ask caring questions, and to take time to build that trust and just be okay if somebody needs a minute. You know, I think that we overthink things. You know, even like, oh, should I pray for this person? Oh, should I like walk up to this person? Oh, like, we just overthink so much. Just love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. just offer offer that out and be sincere with it and follow through with anything that you're supposed to follow through with you know if you're supposed to be a good friend to a paramedic then be a good friend to them and be okay with the ups and downs you know because you know in one of Paul letters Paul's letters he says bear with one another in brotherly love like he wouldn't have to tell this whole group of people to deal with each other. <laughs> there wasn't reasons mm-hmm. to have to deal right. with each other. Yeah. There's going to be times where it's harder to navigate whatever with somebody. And that's just the way relationship is. But I heard Pastor Josh say something one time that if I don't commit to the lows, then I can't celebrate the highs in that same relationship. And so you have to you have to sacrifice to be able to to see you know you have to sow to be able to reap you know type right, thing yep. and so it's so worth it to then be able to look back and, and see the things that you've walked together with people in community and that 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 creates the intimacy of relationships and friendships and community and that's what people are are like starving for not just the nice friends but the friends that actually become like family and that's that's a big deal for people but it's such an honor to know people um, like Sarah that are willing to go into the fire for people. And that's that's an honor. Like, that's a huge honor. And I'm so blessed to know people like that, you know, because that's that inspires and encourages the rest of us to be whatever God's asked us to, to be into. So mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah. All right. Two funny stories. We're going to wrap on. Yes. So... Since I've known this Strigalek and Kern family here <laughs> two times, one time, Miss Sarah outed me in front of my wife oh. over a call. Oops, I remember and, this. <laughs> yeah, so I had a gentleman who was just kind of old head, angry dude in the in Flint and felt disrespected by the way I entered his home and had him pulled his little pistol out on me. Yikes. So I had told Sarah... I never heard this story. No. Yeah, you were, I think you were standing next I to Gary. Oh. I don't know. But anyhow, she comes over and just like right to my wife and says, do you know someone pulled a gun on him? Okay, it was like, who him? That him. That him, Jim. No, that's when we had to talk. I mean, you don't have to tell him everything. It's just such a puppy nothing. Right? And then, then Sarah's grandma one time. Oh, dear. Took me... Took me by the arm. <laughs> Are you Jim? I'm like, yep. <laughs> we need to talk. Oh boy. Okay. It was sweet though. Just loves her very better. Yeah, so, she does. Fiercely. So. <laughs> That's anyway, hilarious. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. She's we consider her part of the family. You know, and my son had her as his special person years ago for elementary school and stuff like that. He was her main bear. Yep. Oh, yeah. They're close by cousins. Close by cousins. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that's what they are. That's awesome. Do you have any final thoughts, any final Jen? Thoughts? Any final words to other parents out there? If you have a crazy little toddler, 
I just told her mom this is the baby closet. She said that her kid had gotten um, on probation from daycare. <laughs> and I said I had one of those. Like, and God will use every one of those crazy traits for his glory. Like, that's, you know, they have to be strong and independent and fearless and courageous to do whatever God wants them to do. So just love your kids, even though you have to put three gates on their bedroom door. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's fantastic. Yeah, all those things God will use. Yep. Cool. Well, that's a wrap. First one back for the year. We're excited for 2020 for the podcast. So keep listening. We appreciate Freedom Center Church for the use of the space in ah. the studio. Reach out to us anytime. Message us. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Message us with any questions, how you can connect. We'd love to be a part of your journey this year. So connect with us and we'll, we'll see you soon.